welcome to the Compadres Happy Hour with Ivan and Abdallah, two vets with illusions of grandeur and a knack for the dramatic, discussing the good, the bad, and the ugly through slightly embellished stories. Welcome to this week's episode. Um, today we are joined by each other. We are going to let you guys into a very good topic today. And, you know, try to introduce you to us. We've introduced you to many topics. We're going to introduce you to us. Who we are. Who we are. You know, what we are. What we think. Mm-hmm. What we believe in. What, how, what made us into what we are today. So, um, do you like to start? No, actually, I want to start with you. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to start with you. Sure. Um, there's a couple of few things that uh, been jumping around my mind that I really been wanting to ask you. Mm-hmm. And I think the first question I really want to get across to you is, who's your biggest inspiration in life? Because you know, I I see you interact with your parents, with your sister, um, but with, especially with your parents and. and and I see that you take a lot from each of them. And I want to know who's your biggest inspiration in life. Because, I don't know, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I can't see who was your biggest inspiration. Because you have a lot of both of them in you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In my youth, it was my uh, both my parents. Um, I get my artistic side from my mother. And I get my uh, temper. <laughs> no, besides that, my temper <laughs> and my... my uh, my work ethic from my father. Um, he was the one that I guess taught me how to do. Always have a the way he says is an ace in your ace in your in your sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like have a backup plan. Like you're doing this. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have a backup plan. If that fails, you just shift. Mm. You know, he's always taught me that. Like you know, have a backup. Never nothing's. I mean, even though he's a perfectionist, he wants everything that way, this way. Um. Yeah, he, he tends to, uh, he taught me that whole having the backup plan to any situation. And, you know, I think that's what also attributes to the way I think things. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, like in education wise, I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to do medicine. But I always knew that if that failed, I had a backup plan. I have to do this. And sometimes I don't share that backup plan with people. So that's why some people are like, oh, my God, he is so sporadic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it happened to my father. You saw that whole, uh, he went to the military, but I had all, everything planned. Like, there's some details I don't suck. Yeah, he, he didn't realize that you. Uh, and the thing is because like, I tend to be a talker. Yeah. And people think, oh, he spills the beans. But not really. Like, if you were to really listen to what I speak about, it's nonsense. It's all fun and games, ha, 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 laughing. It's a smoke screen. Mm-hmm. And, and then like when I go home, when I go, you know, like when, I, when I'm, I'm by myself and I have my own thoughts. I don't have to entertain anyone. And that's when I plan things out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, I got influence from both of them. And then along the way, other people have come attributed, like, you know, ex-girlfriends, which were also went to the military together. I mean, she molded me, like, post my 20s, 20s on, like, you know, like, she was there in my life. Um, you, even you influenced me on certain ways of thinking, of certain ways of doing things, of certain aspects. I mean, but that thing that's natural for people, um, because... Let's regard in uh, in racism. Mm-hmm. I remember growing up in Miami. It was because of the whole institutionalized 
thought process of like, my parents taught me this, my parents taught me this. So it was generational. So my great-grandparents taught my grandparents something, and then they taught something. And, you know, and then they teach you that, and your parents teach you this. And so, like, you know, it was, like, very discriminatory towards, you know, certain minorities, even though you're a minority. Like, mm-hmm. in a way, like, oh, no, watch out. This could happen to you. This could happen to you and all that. And then, you know, you're exposed to these things, and you're like, oh, wait, you guys are wrong. I mean, and the thing about it, you're, when you're young, you're inferential to that aspect. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I've shared a similar story mm-hmm. about my mom and, yeah. you know, growing up yeah, like that you, way. It makes you believe this because these are your role models. These are these are the people that you, you as a kid... As any child looks up to their parent like they're superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, and then when they let you down, hopefully it's most of the time the parent, your parents let you down or your, your parental unit, whatever they are, guardians, whatever, um, let you down usually close to your 18th birthday mm-hmm. because, you know, you're already like, no, mom and dad were wrong. You know, grandma was wrong. Sometimes, like in your case happen way early okay really way early and it warps your mind what's your mind to the same way the military warped us we the way we think i remember coming back and it was fun for 18 year olds a little longer fun for me because i've been doing it for so many years yeah you know like oh let's go clubbing yeah but i've been doing that for years drinking been doing it for years like you know Everything, you know, like I, I'm an expert about it by the time, of, you know. Yeah, there's no fun in it. Yeah, anymore. there's no fun. I, yeah. I, I, already, I already got out of my system. You know, la boteria, I was out. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I, I'm good to settle and like, you know, like have some like controlled fun. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, but like, so like I've had many influences, but my first influence was my parents. I mean, they, you know, they taught me, you know, right from wrong. And, you know, it's something like, like at times I try to fight. Because no matter how bad I want to be or portray, or portray myself as, I'm always held by a code. Mm. Kind of like the Dexter code. I yeah. cannot kill unless they're, you know, that. Like, unless they're serial killers type of thing. But it's a code. It's a code that, like, you know, that's instilled in you that, you know, you know right and wrong. Even when you're in wrong. I remember when I used to, like, I, when I used to, like, try to do mischief stuff, I would literally want to. I would have to, like, I would be shooting myself. I'd be like, I had to go to the bathroom. My stomach would be turning. And I'm like, because I knew deep inside I was in the wrong. So you don't, you don't, you don't like to stray away from that code that you have. Yeah, no. So you're no. like the IG-88 mm-hmm. on, on the Mandalorian. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, should, I, should I activate self-destroyed? <laughs> no, do not self-destroyed. <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, make his protocol states that I must destroy myself. I have failed you. <laughs> my god that robot was suicidal bro yes. oh my god <laughs> how many times did he want to kill himself yeah. poor mando he had to be like um suicide watch this homie <laughs> guys <Suicide. laughs> i mean wow it reminds me of like uh what is that one? Oh, the one from rogue one he's always he always had he always was like too too woke oh yeah, yeah. the k2so <laughs> do you think we all look the same like, he's always, <laughs> <laughs> I have rescued you. <laughs> yeah, I still remember. Thank you to us. So, I mean, it helps that Alan. Uh, Tur- Tur- yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Alan Tur- he's Speaking of that, like, I've been watching this uh, Doom Patrol, and he's there. Oh, I still haven't watched it. And it's funny because he breaks he breaks the fourth wall, and he goes, "How could this be the end of the like?" It's like they're episode four. And it's like, how could this be the end? Because like the world is being destroyed. How could it be the end? I've only been on two episodes only. <laughs> That's not fair. I need to be more here. I'm the protagonist. He's a narrator to the whole thing. 
I, I bet they let him do it. I bet they oh, let him ad lib a lot. Oh, but he, it's amazing. It's so hilarious. Yeah, because I know, like in uh, Rogue One, they let him ad lib a lot. Yeah, because right. I mean, because he's so great. Yeah, he is. But we're, we're staring away for a little bit from the yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so being a big influence, you would you would say your parents are yeah, the biggest yeah. influences oh, yeah. in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. I definitely see. Now, would you consider yourself a role model? By natural, by you know, normally I wouldn't. But I see people that have been influenced by me mm-hmm. that, you know, they, 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 they try to um, mirror me. And I mean, but that's because, you know, like, uh, I get it. Like, because the, 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 they see the good parts, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I can understand why. But I have the tendency of, like, being that, like, the whole, like, uh, mass magician that, like, exposes how I did it. I, even in photography, it was that way. Because, like, I hate people believing something that's not fully true mm. you know <clears throat> explain more on that um you know like oh you know um paulette mm-hmm. my sister talks about like oh no you're a genius you're smart and this and that but the way i don't see it that way is because the reason i got the result is because i was able to find the shortcut mm. and it's out of like me trying to save time um i've manipulated situations in my favor not hurting others it mm-hmm. manipulates the situation so it works in my favor and it also does not stray from the normal oh, i see mm-hmm. um and sometimes people people are just like i guess i'm charmful and like people just willing are willing to do things for me that i never asked for mm-hmm. and it, it it puts me in a, in, a, in a bad position because i feel i'm, I'm now i owe something to this person but um um but yes i mean i've seen people uh you know like oh when you when you study for something, it comes so easy for you. And I'll let you know this: in school, when it came to like studying for a test, AP exams and all that, most people would study beforehand. You know, you take your time, you study all the things, and you and you get there. I found that I tried doing that a couple of times, and I would fail. I would do badly. Mm. My essence was like being right there on the deadline. So pressure made it, yeah. made, made you st- more studious. Yeah, because we've talked about this in previous uh, episodes. Um, <clears throat> doubt was my, doubt is my greatest ally. The doubt, the risk of failing, the risk of like, oh my God, I'm not going to do it in time. And it, and then my best work comes out under pressure. Hmm. Like many times we tried this podcast, trying to do it beforehand. I get lazy. I do other things. Mind you, I'm not playing video games. That's true. But I'm doing the things I get lazy. I start like watching. I start, I start like working or I take my time. It's it's usually because you're here and like I'm talking to you. So like, it's like we're like bouncing ideas off of the, having fun, laughing, you know. <laughs> I'm picking at you, you're picking at me. It's like we're having a good time. <laughs> we go out for walks. We go, you know, I work out here. We're talking, this and that. I make fun of you. You make fun of me. Like, you know, so it's like, you know, it's a commu- we're having a, our own little communist community. Yeah, it, it, reminds, it reminds me when uh, we used to live in the barracks. You know, mm-hmm. so we used to live in the barracks when you had your, yes. your roommate with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, it was like it was like your burden earning. Yeah, era <laughs> of the fucking military. So yeah, so you know that that that. Um, so you notice, and then like our best work comes out at the last minute. We planned this on a Friday evening. Mm-hmm. Like I get home, like I got home late, late this time. You know, there was a lot of issues in Florida. You know, the rain started raining when it's not supposed to rain. There was that incident where that gentleman went to the police headquarters in Doral, like tried to shoot them and got shot. I had I was going to a massage. I couldn't make it, you know. 
Like it was, it was so much shit. Yeah. But most of the time, and then, you know, we had to leave. But if not, if, let's say nothing had happened that Friday night. We would have finished the podcast. Oh, Maybe. in the Astros game, remember? Yeah, in the Astros, yeah, game. The Astros game. Yeah. I'm sorry they lost, man. Oh, <laughs> God. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler warning. Fake news. They lost. Yeah, the Astros yeah. lost. They yeah. didn't make it to the World Series. Yeah. Wow. And the Dodgers, they won. They got a comeback. So. Yeah. Woo. There's so another much. game coming. Oh, here comes the DVA. God damn it. <laughs> uh, you know, so so like once at a time, like notice, like we planned it. Like our last one, we planned it. We wrote it down. Like we we, it, it, we did it to the Friday night, Friday evening. Like, oh, Friday morning, like you wrote your questions. I wrote my questions. We got it through. We put them together. Yeah, but it's funny. This week, you, you, like you said, we usually plan throughout the week for the episode. And this week, I mean, we ain't doing shit. Yeah, but, you know, we had the pressure of, 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 of uh, we're, we're hosting a party here. Oh, that's right. Yeah. For the one and only celebrity A-lister, Gabby. Yeah. And we had to make sure it was right. Because we, we, you think you think what we talk here gets canceled? No. If Gabby doesn't like us, she'll be like, we're out. She'll She's be, a harsh critic. Yeah. She'll be like, nope, not going to work out. Return everything. You're not like, good enough. You're finished. You're, you're finished. fired. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> she knows Trump. Yeah, she does. She plays golf with him every fucking day. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you say she disappears for time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought she had a second family. Her second family <laughs> is the Trump family. It's the Trump family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you know that that's one thing I I do I do see in your in your sister and your family other family members that I've observed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're almost a role model to them. Yeah, I I look at them and they do look up to you. You know, even though the, each one of them are they're unique, they're unique individuals. Each one of them have their their quirks here and there, but they always tend to follow you. You know, like your word is it's like if it's coming from God. Whenever you say Hey, let's do this or let's do that. Everybody's like, "Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it." Well, I've, I've said it before on this on this podcast, and they don't doubt you. Yeah, on this podcast, I've said it before. You know, you told me what I believe in. I am God. <laughs> you know, I am Iron Man, and they're your disciples. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, and I, I play it down like like if I'm Joseph, uh, what's it called, uh, John the Baptist? But you know, because Harim is Jesus. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. No, I mean it's just because like I think like uh, I've proven myself to them, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then you know like there's there's comments in the back that you told you know that you told me that they've said about me, and I understand why. I mean, it, in in my youth, I was very open about my plans, mm. about what I was doing, how I was working, and I became more mysterious, which is a funny thing because it's like I became, I went from being like my mom's side of the family to being like my dad's side of the family. They're very mysterious. They're more. They're they're the Arabs, mm-hmm. so they're more mysterious, more like calculated. Um, you know, in their thing, like you'll see them. They're good. They're funny. They're joking around, but they're always like have things in the back working. So with age came, you know, the wise mm-hmm. Abdallah. Yeah, I mean, look at the coffee, bro. After the first hit, boom. <laughs> like I said yesterday, I, I got the Midas touch. I don't turn things to gold. I just touch and they, they flourish. <laughs> So that's why I stopped touching myself. Yeah, that coffee, damn, it's yeah. good. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, and then polite. Didn't you hear polite? Oh yeah, it's not. It's it's okay. <laughs> I was like, mm, because she got the second batch. Oh, that's right. She got the second batch. So if we had, if had we had, the bigger one that I didn't find, the bigger a tin cup. Yeah. She would have had, the first. The people in the beginning get the best batch. It's because I'm pouring and swirling, and then I and I put and I'm watering it down as I go. I'm surprised you didn't give her the first batch. 
No, because we wanted Gabby to get it. Oh, that's right. Because, you know, we, are, we wanted Lazaro to rise. <laughs> that, like, don't <laughs> rise. Check it out. Compadres rise again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I can see that. But it also brings a lot of pressure to me. You know, you see how I get. Like, it's a lot of pressure to, like, maintain that level mm-hmm. of celebrity. Because, you know, like, I have other things I want to do. And I can't just be always there. I can call, which makes makes sense. Makes sense. You know, we all wonder, oh, come God, how come God didn't save us? Yeah, God has millions of people to fucking take care of. A shit ton of people. And like, you can't be answering everyone's thing. Yeah, you know? that's why you leave a voicemail. Yeah, and then they, you also don't, like people ask for dumb shit. God, make me rich. You don't need to be rich, bro. You already have what you need. Be happy. <laughs> and with your spending tendencies, yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm going to make you rich. Yeah. Like, you know, like he tried to, like, you know who asked him to be rich? That guy from Iran, the prime minister, whatever, <laughs> for, for a nuclear program? Mm? Wait, wait. Are you talking about Netanyahu? Oh, oops. Netanyahu. Uh, <laughs> no, what's his name? Arkhamer, whatever his name is. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, and then what was, what was he going to do? Try to attack the chosen people? Yeah. Yeah, you know, God doesn't want wars. He never wanted wars. You people fucking put him up in God's name. And God was like, you, you, do you even know my name? <laughs> you got it wrong, buddy. God doesn't have a name for those yeah. who don't know. God doesn't have so a name. So they would be like, in I am's name. What? In name. What? Yeah, because the Bible says what? I am. He never mentions his name. God is I am. Yeah, he's a legend. I am legend, too. I am legend. Yeah. Um, so going back to what we were discussing earlier. So it, if you could go back in time and change anything in your life, what what's the one thing you would change? I would actually focus more on. Uh, in my, I think my degree. I would have done. I would have done more something that was like beneficial to me. I mean, I liked photography. I majored in photography, but like most things, once I like you see the back, the, the behind the scenes, I, I lost interest because it was like everything else. It gets very. Political, but not like you know, like not like like political in the way that within the industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know this and that. So like it, it, it was it was too fake to me. So I think I would have done something more like hospitality. Really? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Hospitality, biz, not not business, because like business, like people think, oh, with a business degree you become a business. No, no. See the way that, excuse me, the way that um, the way that uh, that's cool. The colleges teach they're teaching you. Like, if you're already a manager, that's what I feel like. They're teaching you a manager position when you don't have no idea the starting position, the entry to the... Yeah, you don't have that experience. Middle management. Yeah. Like, you need, you know, like, I, I that's what I keep finding in college. Like, it's like you're teaching these kids how to be managers and CEOs, but they have no idea about the industry. You know? It makes sense. Hmm. And I think, like, you know, at a, at a point, you should have people that are in the business teach. Huh. Warren yeah. Buffett should come and teach. This is how it is. And it should even start earlier. Teaching children how to balance a checkbook, but also how to understand finances. You know, understand the whole supply and demand. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can start it with simple things. And, you know, teach it in kindergarten all the way up. You just teach them how you cannot have everything you want. You know, so, so you know, but, but I'm, I'm digressing, I'm, you know. No, 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 because no. it's good information. It's good information mm-hmm. to put out there. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these things should be taught at an early age. Yeah, Because like, I know I would have made a, lot, a whole lot better choices yeah. if I would have had that information growing up. I mean, think about it. As a male, when you're 18, you get two things. And, like, I laughed when I was younger, and then this became true. 
The first, when you turn 18, you get Gillette sends you a razor, and you get an application for a credit card. Mm-hmm. Boom. Hey, we'll give you $300. Hey, boom, we'll give you five grand. Boom. Wait, Gillette sent you a razor? They didn't send me shit. Really? Yeah. I know, Gillette's, I, I got a, like a, a sample razor. Like one of the Mach, Mach 3s. Yeah, I don't remember getting any yeah. fucking razors. Damn, I'm going to have to write them. That's another thing. That's another thing. I found out during like scholarship uh, uh, season or mm-hmm. college. You write to these people and they'll send you things. You could even write, like for example, I remember it wasn't, no, it wasn't scholarship season. It was like we were doing some experiment. We wrote to M&M and they sent us a free samples of M&M, M&Ms. We wrote to Coca-Cola and they got like, you know, like little mini bottles. Yeah. Like these companies, you tell them you want this, you want a sample, they'll send you samples. Hmm. I mean, you, you, could t- you could take it as you want. I mean, it's a sample because they want you to expose you to that, you know, expose you to that uh, thing. I mean, their, pro- their products. Yeah, yeah. 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 I tried writing to a drug dealer. Didn't they get anything? <laughs> <sighs> no product exposure there. No, huh? no, 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 no. <laughs> Funny thing, I'll be honest, I've never been offered drugs when I was a kid. Never? Not once. Huh. The closest I got was McGruff. McGruff. <laughs> that's oh, the closest McGruff. I got. Oh, you know what? There's a there's a study that was that's being conducted right now. Um, oh, I got I got to go back and research it. But I, I was reading the other day. I forget where I was looking it up. Um, they were talking about the... Did McGruff do a service to the youth or did he do a disservice? Because he was introducing kids to, or kids that never knew anything about drugs, and introducing them to drugs. No, I mean, I, I, I've heard about that. Yeah, and I, and I think I agree. I think he did a disservice. Yeah, because kids were not had no idea, and then they would go. Yeah, because I don't, I don't remember anything about yeah. drugs until I saw that McGruff and then the Dare program. Oh, oh say no to drugs. I mean, they should have taught kids how, just to avoid them, mm-hmm. not teach them what they look like, but avoid them, because that brings up another topic. Um, I don't know if it, it would be for this episode, but it's um, the whole sex talk. Mm-hmm. How young is a kid? How when is it the right time? They're a lot. They're trying to teach kids when they were in, uh, you know, like young, like like at the same time we got exposed to drugs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're teaching a nine year old, or you know, like don't get me wrong. The youngest, the, the youngest uh, impregnation has been a nine and eight year old, something like that. <clears throat> but still, like. It's. I think it's a time and a place. You have to gauge the child, you know. And that I, I believe that thing should be left to the parents. Mm-hmm. The school could screw the things up, you know, because it's one guy, one person teaching thirty students, twelve students, whatever, depending on the size, of the class, the class. You probably get everyone together in an auditorium, hundred students. Some have questions. Some are shy not to ask the questions. They don't want to be dumb. Mm-hmm. Now, if you come to your parent, it's a child and parent or parents, and they get, hey, you have any questions? No, I'm good. But do you want to know about this? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, it's more it's it's more personal. The child, also, it would help the, the foundation of that parent to understand their child. You're right. You know, and I can give you a perfect example about that topic. Mm-hmm. My oldest... She doesn't like talking about drugs to her mom or talk about that topic to her mom. But she'll talk about that topic with me. And we'll joke about it, mm-hmm. you know. And she knows that I'm, I'm, I am an advocate for medical marijuana. I am an advocate for even recreational marijuana. I don't think it's a joy that it's really going to hurt anybody. You know, I think there's a lot of benefits to it. 
and you know mm-hmm. even the medical professionals are coming around to it but you're right that's something that you know even at an early age i used to talk to her about it you know even to my little one i talked to her about it and i think it is a conversation that parents should be holding with their kids you know and, and you're right even when it comes to sex education <laughs> you know my my girls were like oh dad you're our dad you can't be talking to us about that but it's like it, it's it's something you have to talk to kids about you know at an early age yeah with daughters i would expect the mother to like you know like finish that conversation off yeah you start it and then the mother has to finish it because there's certain things that like we could we, we in theory we know but we don't know yeah exactly it's yeah. only that's you know that's that's up to their mom mm-hmm. and that 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 topic of sex ed mm-hmm. to be finished off by the yeah. Yeah. Because, like, there's things that happen to the body that like we could tell you about it but we don't know we never experienced that there's that whole concept is uh having a kidney stone or having birth which is painful it shouldn't matter two different things Way. you know <laughs> two what, different wh- things, yeah. why are we competing yeah you know? and, and, and then you gotta remember too kidney stone once you pee it out or you know once you had surgery hmm, recovery time is less yeah. And when you have a, a baby, recovery time is more. Yeah. Also, the baby, hopefully you keep it. Kidney stone, you probably <laughs> don't keep it. Well, if it was me, I would probably want to keep it. I mean, like, so, I mean, I, I've never seen a kidney stone being dropped off at a fire station. <laughs> you cannot adopt a kidney stone. No, you can't. <laughs> I don't care what it looks like. It looks like Jesus. Mm. No, speaking about kids, mm-hmm. what would you say to a younger you? If you could go travel back in time. I'll beat him up. Fucking nerd. <laughs> Take this, bitch. What would you say to a younger you? Um, I don't know. Because I know a younger me would never listen to me. <laughs> I'll, he'll look and be like, can I go play now? <laughs> Dude, that's cool, bro. Cool story. <laughs> I'm going to go play. You're like, I'm out. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I was always a smart aleck. I was always like, always looking for ways to get away with things. Hmm. You know? But if they, if they, if this kid knew that it was you, and this was a future you, I think he'd be disappointed. He'd be disappointed. Why? Yeah. I don't know. He'd be disappointed because, uh, you know, younger me saw life differently. Remember, this, this younger me is before the military. Mm. Saw life different. I, I mean, I my my view because my parents were moral models and I believed them. I mean, the disservice they did to me is that they they showed me life, but they always showed me a good life. Mm. They, they didn't allow me to suffer so they coddled me and too much so like well until Pelé was born so when Pelé was born they focused on her and I was okay because you know I was good at, I was always better at being independent mm-hmm. you know um, but I think yeah we, we, you know like, cause like yeah because I remember even when we met you know I remember you as a more a, a more naive you were more you you seen life differently before, mm-hmm. you know. You're you're more oh good will always triumph over evil. You know you're mm-hmm. always gullible in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and to me it was like man, the world's gonna eat this kid up. You know, the and boy. it did. <laughs> and what came out was darkness. A dictator, future mm-hmm. dictator. Mm-hmm. No, like um, it's just realism. Like I, I became more realistic on life. And it wasn't like that. It was bad. Life. I mean, life has never taught me treated me too badly. Mm-hmm. Like it's put obstacles in my way, but it's like, like if we we're playing a video game, it would be on like story mode. Mm. So like every they're 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 there, they're there, 
but they're weak. Like, you know, one bullet will kill them. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Those <laughs> video games that you have like story mode. Uh, well, now the new games. Story mode, easy, or yeah, um, normal, hard, extreme. Like God of War. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, so it's like, do you enjoy stories? You know, whatever. That's what it was. Like, life is always giving me like little curveballs that I could like, oh, you got hit. Walk the base. You know, there's always the, bump, the bumpers have been on mm. when I'm bowling. Yeah. You know, so like, in a way, the, the service that it brought me was that I'm, I'm not, I wasn't ready for other things that came. So, you know, like we talked about needing more patience. We talked about this yesterday. Um, I don't remember the patience and didn't, didn't, didn't affect me as much, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean I'm stronger than you remembering the patience. And having one of one of the patients affecting me, mm-hmm. it means that my mind closed that off. It doesn't mean stronger. It just means that my mind did not, was found me too weak to deal with that at the time, and it made me cold. Mm-hmm. So, which which is not a good thing because you become less human by the definition. You become less human because then you lose compassion. I mean, I've seen it happen: three family deaths. I'm like, why are we crying? So you have the attachment. Yeah. Like yeah. to me, like, you know, like, oh yeah, they're in a better place, whatever, like whatever you whatever I have to tell people. But to me, it's like, mm, there's no need to be sad about this. That's life. Let's move on. That's why I tell Paulette all the time. Look, anyone dies, I'll give you a week. That's what I can give you. And it's not like saying, Oh, I'm gonna weep you, mourn you for a week. No, no. I'll give you a week because out of respect. But after that, I cannot play this part of like, oh my god, I miss this person. Because yeah. it's not in me anymore see it that way it's like life goes on we keep moving it's hmm. a freight train like we talked about the freight train if a freight train stops it takes it forever to start again it you know like it takes forever because it has to build up momentum so my life i see it as a, it's the train's always moving it cannot afford you know like it's basically this the snow piercer and, and it's funny because i was always good with dealing with death um and i think after our time in the military it's I don't like dealing with death. I, I don't know how to... I No, it's not that I don't know how to deal with it. I just don't like dealing with it anymore. Because mm. we've seen too much death already. So it's like... Yeah, a, I just, I, I, I've that. seen too many sorrow, too much sadness and sorrow. And it's like, I don't want to deal with that anymore. You know? And, and I know death is part of life. But it's just... If I can avoid it. If I can avoid funerals. I will. No, and I totally understand. I totally understand. Um, you avoid them for one reason. Because it may, you know what it brings you. I avoid them because I feel fake. Mm. I feel like saying, oh, my condolences. When I feel nothing, it's weird to me. Because I'm. it goes back to what we said about earlier. I'm lying. I'm lying to the person. So I feel like I'm being dishonest when I have no, when I don't have those feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else you have for me, son? No, I think those are the only questions I have for you that I really okay. wanted to get answered. You know, and then eventually I'll ask more questions. Yeah, down the road. Yeah, down the road. We'll ask more questions and get to know. No, no gotcha questions. No gotcha questions yeah. today. No. Yeah. Soon, soon. 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 Th- those are coming. Yeah. Those are coming in, in, a, in a full interview. Second interview. Yeah, second interview. Like second what, sit down with. When we give up with more information, more dirt. We, when, we, when you become a dictator, then I'll get those uh, yeah. gotcha questions. You'll be the best. <laughs> the best will be the best. <laughs> And folks, we'll be back after a short commercial break. Hello. Hola. 
This is Jose Antonio Gutierrez for Toro Capado Hygiene Products. Gentlemen, do you struggle feeling fresh for your lady? Does your coin purse smell like rotten gazpacho? Does your lady spray your special place from time to time with Fabrice? Then you should try Toro Capado's latest and greatest product, the Bolas de Plata. Bolas de Plata, guaranteed to make you your lady's favorite macho again. And welcome back. Uh, we heard about me, and now I would like to introduce you again to Ivan. We're going to find out a little about him. Now, I want to warn you guys, some of these stories is the first time I'm hearing, so this might be the last podcast episode, because <laughs> if I find out things and I don't like, I will have to uh, You're gonna shut down the studio. Shut down the studio. No Cambodian milk. <laughs> No clowns with happy, yellow, only yellow balloons. And, and no sugar cookies. No sugar cookies. We'll save this episode. <laughs> we'll save the studio from being closed down. But you don't know that I spit hot fire. Yeah. You know, because he knows the five greatest podcasters. Ivan, 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 Ivan. The two close men. <laughs> <laughs> get back, get back. <laughs> so I cliff, be careful. <laughs> so we begin. Um... So Ivan, tell us your origin story. Tell us how you came to be. Uh, origin story. Well, it all started when I was a wee little sperm in my daddy's ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you know, actually, uh, the, I, I had told you this, this story before. Um, the, the memory that I have, the youngest memory that I can, I can remember that I have is being at my mother's breast. Mm-hmm. Trying to suckle, mm-hmm. and her pushing me off and giving me a bottle. That's that's like the earliest memory I have. And from then on, all my other memories are, I can say, not pleasant ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, as 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 a kid, I suffered a lot of mental and physical abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This lasted up until when I was sixteen. When I was able finally to stand up for myself. Um, but then the people that were the abusers kind of just stopped and said, you know what, you're on your own. When I was able to stand up for myself. Now, not to get into detail, was, because I mean, you're you're uh, number seven? Number, no, six. Number six out of? Out of seven kids. Seven kids. Yeah. Um, did you, did, how were your siblings with you? Well, you know, so you can remember. Um. Well, a lot. My older siblings, I remember that they married young, so they weren't in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, the oldest two sisters, that were the fifth and the sixth, yeah, the fifth and sixth sisters. No, no, yeah, they're the ones that stayed in the house, mm-hmm. and I grew up with them. And then it was my younger brother, but my younger brother, you know, he was the son to the stepfather. That I had um, that was the abusive. real son, yeah. That was abusive, huh? That was abusive, and they pretty much just always stuck together, you know, father and son. So mm-hmm. we didn't really form a, a tight bond, my brother and I. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're at, always at each other's throats. But my oldest sisters, 
they're very I don't want to say they're very protective of me because they really weren't they understood why I was a certain way why I was so growing up I was a violent kid why I was always a troublemaker I was a troubled child but they understood why and they they didn't protect me but they understood me and they kind of like help back off individuals that tried to put me in a bad light he's like no it's not his fault he's this reason because oh he's like this because of this reason and that reason when when these parental units were being abusive verbally emotionally did anyone stand up for you any siblings, no. grandmother, mm-hmm. grandfather? No, Mm-mm. no, no. Actually, the only people that ever that ever called me in my life, that ever had some type of form of love that they showed towards me, with my grandfather, and my grandmother. But we weren't really. I wasn't even. I wasn't really even able to visit them. We weren't allowed to visit them. Mm. And on this, on your and my mom's side, mm-hmm. yeah, my mom's side. Uh, and we weren't allowed to visit them. And I remember I would have to sneak away to go visit them. You know, and, and when my mom found out and my other siblings found out, they they kind of made fun of me for it. And they were like, uh, oh, now you're, you're the, the, the evil grandmother's um, grandson and you're going to be the evil grandson now. And my mom didn't like that. And she, she didn't like that. I visited my grandparents and she cast me out even more. I mean, uh, you know. Daughters, sons have issues with their parents, and then it's carried on. Yeah, yeah. So, so we know that about you. So, who would you, uh, in your youth, who in your youth uh, was influential to the non-binary entity that you became? <laughs> um, this one actually, I know, I know this one. This one for because I'll, I'll never forget this experience. Okay, so I had some legal trouble when I was in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of did something very bad at middle school that I was at, and uh, I had some legal trouble and spent the summer um, doing some community service <laughs> with the local judge there in Texas. The most influential person in my life was that judge, mm-hmm. because about all the people that caused trouble in that middle school, we all got into legal trouble. I was the only one that didn't go to juvie. I was the only one. That get they didn't have any charges pressed against or have a, a criminal record because of that incident, and the reason for it is because the judge said that I, even though I had a troubled past, and you can see I had a troubled past, he said that there was something that he seen in me that he can he can salvage, so he had me do you know a lot of errands for him during that whole summer, uh, and he was really instrumental in to forming the person that I became only because of the things that he would tell me he would say look you're a special young kid i don't see why you're hanging out with these these people here i can see your parents neglect you mm-hmm. he says but you need to start focusing on your life and i remember the, the, what he used to say that if if i didn't feel like school was for me i should join the military this is middle school though. this was in middle school yeah and this is texas this is texas yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um so he would, you know, I remember him telling me, you know, you, you seem like a, a really good kid because you know how to follow orders. You know how to take direction. And uh, he used to buy me lunch. He didn't have to buy me lunch. He used to buy me lunch because uh, I remember the first the first day I spent with him, I didn't have money to buy lunch. And he asked me, 
do your parents give you money to buy lunch? No. So he would buy me lunch. And and, and this really had a profound effect on me. Because at that time, I didn't have anybody that was really looking out for me. And mm-hmm. for this person that came out of nowhere that didn't know me, took care of me and was giving me guidance that I never had before, it, it had a profound effect on me. And then after that summer was over, um, I remember that I had to go to Mexico, go to school in Mexico because it's a legal situation. Um, but then when I came back, uh, you know, I, I took I took his words and I said, you know what, mm, I want to better myself. I want to better myself and I do want to do good things in my life. So when I came back to Houston um, from Mexico, I remember a lot of those uh, old friends, a lot of those, you know, old relationships that I had, a lot of friendships came back into my life and they're still up to no good, still mm-hmm. be in trouble. And I said, you know what, I can't do this, guys. I, I got to cut you out of my life. You know, I want something better in my life. And I did. I cut them out. And thank God I did because, you know, a lot of them I known either are dead in jail um, and others I just I lost complete touch with. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I mean, not everyone gets out. Yeah. Uh, I have friends. I mean, I have a friend that uh, when he told me, yeah, he, you know, like grew up troubled kids. I mean, you know, like Pagancia de Niños. Yeah. And came out i met him at private school and he's a nurse now and he's been influential not only to me but to my sister and to friends and through him i made i made great friends and and he's always there like it's like that like it's like even though he's he's he, he we never went to the military together mm-hmm. he is as influential as you are to me you know like like that that, that connection mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy, like I'm telling you, like, you know, it's good to see that other people do get out Yeah, and, and succeed and go forth. And, and this is what I tell my kids all the time. I, I tell them, you know, I want y'all to be, because my kids really, they don't know a lot about my background, a lot mm-hmm. about what that I went through and what I did, the trouble, my, the trouble that I caused being a kid. Um, but I tell them all the time, you know, yeah, dad wasn't such a great individual when he was young. <laughs> You know, it was a little bit of a troublemaker, and I don't want you to be like me. I want you to do better. I want you to be successful. I want you to go to school, get educated. Um, I want you to experience life, get cultured. That's the biggest one, get cultured, because the way I grew up, I grew up uneducated. I grew up a racist. I grew up, I was a product of my environment, Mm -hmm. a product of my environment, and living in the ghettos at that time, and and living with a a (laughs) closed-minded individual. It, it really brought a lot of bad things out of me, you know, that I, I now that I look back, I'm like, man, these people are really toxic people that were raising me. Mm-hmm. They're really toxic people. Uh, and sometimes I think that that's where we have to come on account. It's not an excuse, but sometimes the way people think they are a product of their environment, you can't hold them just because you were be- raised better. Mm-hmm. You know, like they say, like, you know, like when you look at others, just because you were raised better. You have to always remember that this person might not have been raised as good as you. Mm-hmm. So therefore, part of the environment, racism, bigotry, whatever it is, you know, at least give them that chance. Not an excuse. The chance to correct them. At least at least try to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Persuade them before automatically, you know, labeling them and not giving them a chance. And you just created an enemy, created a bigger problem. And, and I also... I agree with you there, and I also I'm a big, big believer in in I would say self self awareness and 
holding yourself accountable mm-hmm. for your actions. Because even though I didn't have the best upbringing, you know, but I do hold myself accountable for a lot of the actions that I've taken in my life. And I know that I, I become emotionally intelligent, emotionally aware of where I am and who I am. Um, I've become more cultured in a lot of ways, but that's because I put in that effort. I I made myself aware. And I say, hey, I won't, don't want to be that person in the streets, you know, s- selling dope, or I don't want to be that gangbanger, or I don't want to be, you know, the, the 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 husband that beats up on the wife or is abusive to the kids, you know. And that's a change yeah. that I chose to make. And, and when people, I understand everybody's minds work differently, but when they start blaming their upbringing, start blaming their past for all their failures and for the way they are. I'm like, mm, no, cause I've been there and I've made the conscious decision to be better, you know? And, and I, I am understanding people. We are different. I, I, like I said, but I also hold people accountable to their actions, you know, because if I can get out of it, you can get out of it. Anybody yeah. can get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of like people and that, like a question, I mean, I talk about this to you. Uh, you know, I think I brought it up today this morning. Hey, what is it to you, you know, because you're Mexican-American. Mm. What is it to you to be Mexican-American? Hmm. That one, that question is actually, okay, because we've, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I would consider myself more Mexican than American. Mm-hmm. But because of my birth, you know, I was born here in the U.S. Uh, yeah, I would say I'm, I'm American. And I am Americanized. But... My heart belongs in Mexico because mm-hmm. I love my culture. I love my people. I there's a lot of things about my people too that I dislike, but for the most part, I, I love my culture. I love my people. I love the way of life, the way it used to be in Mexico before you know shit hit the fan over there with the cartels and all. But yeah, the way of life in Mexico is is it's, it's a peaceful life. You know, it's a humbling life. So you would say it defines you. Like that, you, you you know your your identification as Mexican American, more Mexican than American. Does it define your? No, because I I think I have more American influence. Because even though I I do love my people, I love my culture. But my my influence when it comes to my persona, who I am, yeah, I'd say I'm more American. Yeah, yeah, I would say more American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More American, even though I love, I do love Mexico. No, I, I mean, I mean, um, I'm just, I mean, like what you, you said earlier that, you know, you acknowledge the good and the bad. Because mm-hmm. I feel like we need to acknowledge because like no one's perfect. No culture is perfect. We all have our downfall. And, um, and like I've talked, I've, I've spoken this before that, uh, you know, one thing I do love about hearing, you know, like other podcasts, you know, whether they're comedians or, or friends that I have. You know, is you get to know that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. A lot of things within, if you look down the spectrum of cultures, you see that you have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest similarities I remember, um, um, the my friends that do the cleaning dishes podcast, they uh, were talking about like when they were growing up. Remember the those uh, cookie cookie tins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, like you know, like you think, like, like oh my god, cookies, yeah, Danish cookies, yeah. And you open up, it was sewing kids, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, me too. That happened to me too. Oh my god, yeah, it, I remember that. Or certain things that you had to overcome, and you're like, 
oh my God, yes, I can relate to that. That happened to me in school. That happened to me at work. You know, a lot of this. Or the comedians, they, they talk about depression mm-hmm. or or mental illness. And you're like, I mean, you think of these, at first, it was hard for me to understand that these comedians, these comedians were super intelligent people, mm-hmm. college graduates, you know? And I was like, oh, because you know, you think of them, they're funny, so they're like the class clown, you know? It, well, you know what? I'm going to... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you. I'm gonna be super honest here now. Mm-hmm. When you say it, what was my biggest influence, or what would I label myself? That's one thing that I don't want to do. I don't want to put a label on myself mm-hmm. for the reason for this. I was very proud of my heritage, my Mexican heritage, when I was younger. As time has gone on, I'm I don't want to put a label on myself, and I don't want to say I'm more Mexican or Mex more American. I just want to say I'm human. Because I see the human aspect, I, I see the human aspect and in, in everything, and I I try to remove labels because we're all the same, and we're we're more, we have more things in common as humans, and 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 I see that when I meet different cultures, when I meet different people, different races, and I don't want to put a label on myself, and I'm I don't want to put a label on anybody else. I I respect your culture, I respect your heritage. But to me, it's like I, I I don't want to put a label on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell my kids, don't put a label on yourself. You know, respect everyone. Try to get to know everyone's heritage, background, culture, language. Respect everyone as a human being, as who they are. You know, and especially now, you know, the division in the country, the politics is like, son of a bitch. You know, we're all human. Mm-hmm. We're all here to survive. You know, we're all here to have a better day tomorrow. You know, we are are subject to being obliterated by a fucking meteorite. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> tomorrow. You know, we're all in, we're all in the same boat. We're planet Earth. You know, and to me, it's I I see it more as a humanistic side. I take more inspiration on humans. You know, to me, it's it's more we're all human. You know, mm-hmm. no one's different to me. I respect everyone. I I see everyone the same. I don't think I'm better than anybody. God, God knows I'm not better than anybody, but I also don't don't think anybody else is better than me. Yeah, yeah, you know, because everyone has flaws, and yeah. we've discussed this, yeah, like you know, you know privately, where balance. Yeah, where we see what we thought people were, where we put people in pedestals, and then we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we see the flaws. They're like, yeah, everyone mm-hmm. has flaws. Yeah. No one is perfect. Yeah, and I tell my kids all the time, you know, you look at other families, and you look at other kids' upbringing, and you think they have it better. But they really don't, you know, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, you know, and I have yet to meet someone that hasn't had a problem in their family mm-hmm. or hasn't had a problem with themselves. Yeah, it's a, that Facebook uh, dilemma. Yes. Everyone's having fun on Instagram. Oh, my God. They're always having fun. But oh, yeah, yeah. You don't see. Yeah. You don't see what, what, what the between the week. Yeah, because I'm going to I'm going to give you an example of why my outlook in life started to change it was because of my first marriage um this individual was always talking about oh how life is so great for other friends and you know other other people that she knew because of what she used to see on instagram or facebook and she would compare her life to her friends lives or people that she knew and be like oh they have it so great why can't we have it like that it's like no no, no you don't understand you have a great life you just don't appreciate the life that you have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and i think that's one thing humans 
we are doing. We don't appreciate what we have in our lives. And we should appreciate it. Because once you're out of that environment, or once you're out of that box and you look in and you see that, hey, my life wasn't so bad. You know, because now that you see other people's lives, you're like, oh, shit, they have it worse than me. They really didn't have it that great. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah, you have to be, because now you can live in, in constant competition and you'll never be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I was telling this, the Oprah quote, which is, uh, you know, stop, just appreciate what you have mm-hmm. and stop like trying to be like, you know, like expiring for other, like, you know, like, like thinking like, but if I had this, I would be here. If I'd be happy, I'll be happy. Because then you'll never be satisfied because you're always aiming for, I mean, it's not wrong. It's, it's not bad to have ambition. Mm-hmm. But be honest with yourself. Yes, that's important. Being honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's nothing wrong with having ambition and wanting more. You know, wanting more, but also appreciate the stuff that you have in your life. You know, and it's not it's not bad to want more. It's human nature to want more. You know, but while you're trying to achieve that, appreciate what you have. You know, and and bring those that you love along with you. You know, so they can enjoy the more that you bring in. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you brought marriage, um, you know, so you've been married. Um, what would you like, like, you know, what would you tell the listeners? What advice would you give our listeners when it comes to love, relationships, and marriage? Like, you know, what what did you learn that can help someone that's right now getting in a relationship, marriage, or like dealing with a deteriorating marriage? Yeah. So, okay. Well, for that... <laughs> Okay, I'm a sucker for love. I'm a hopeless mm-hmm. romantic. You know, I've always been a hopeless romantic. You know, and I've always fallen for that fallacy of mm-hmm. what love is supposed to be. But if I was to consult or tell somebody, hey, this is my way of looking at a relationship, a perfect relationship, or this is my way of giving you advice to look for that perfect person, mm-hmm. look for someone that you have common goals with. You know, someone that's going to help you grow intellectually and emotionally. Um, look for someone that that's there financially stable and emotionally stable and psychologically stable. Um, but you're not going to find that. You're not going to find that because either they're not financially stable, they're not psychologically or emotionally stable. So you're not. I haven't. I haven't found it. I haven't seen it in anybody. Yeah. You know, every individual I've met. You know, it's one of those three that they don't have. So what do you do? You go with the best. You go with with, with the best crazy that suits you. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, you got to choose your crazy. Mm-hmm. You yes. have to choose your crazy, you know, because everyone, everyone on this planet is crazy. We all have our flaws. We all have our flaws. You choose the, the, the crazy that fits you, the crazy that you can handle. Because if you can't handle that crazy that then don't do it. Don't jump into that relationship. You know, you got to handle the crazy that you can handle. Or you jump into the crazy that you can handle. Too bad they don't offer Carfax. For, for, for <laughs> yeah, but, you know, also, you know, get in a relationship that's with the person that has common goals. Mm-hmm. Someone that's a spiritual, even spiritually, you know, spiritually enlightened. Somebody that, that uh, that's there with you spiritually. Because not everybody believes in the yeah. creator or God. But, you know, somebody that has similar beliefs. You know, when it comes to that, um, I, um, somebody that's 
somebody that's going to help you be a better version of yourself. It's going to constantly push you and not drag you down, you know? Yeah. And, and you do the same for them too. Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, cause it can't oh, be, yeah, it definitely. Can't be one-sided. Yeah. It can't be. No, no, no. You can't yeah. be one-sided. Uh, definitely. Definitely. You have to, you have to push that individual, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, you also have to look for a person that, that kind of suits who you are. You got to do a lot of self-reflection, self-analyzing and say, okay, who am I really truly as a person? And some people don't, aren't very affectionate. Some people aren't loving and say, okay, so I got to find myself that someone's not affectionate, someone that's not loving like I am because then they're going to be overwhelming and then I'm going to be pushing them away and they're not going to like it. So sign for me that somebody's going to suit you. They're going to suit your crazy too. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody, find somebody that's, going to see you're crazy and you're going to be able to handle their crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to find someone that that is into me being spanked by my Star Wars toys, <laughs> my action figures. You know. And somebody's going to love my baby Yoda and uh, carry him in a little pouch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, yeah, that's the best advice I can give. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully somebody out there listens to it and it does well for them. And if it doesn't, you know, send me an email. You know where yeah. to find us and say, yeah. hey, you're wrong. Yeah, please do. I'm sending you my legal fees for the divorce. <laughs> 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 yeah, but that, that's the best advice I can give. You know? I mean, I'm not perfect. I have a lot of flaws. I've been divorced twice. So mm. it's like I don't have... You going for the hat trick? <laughs> yeah, I am going for the hat trick. I don't have I don't have the I would say the, the um when it comes to love I don't have the the, the best track record. Well, I mean, it's uh there's other people that have not gotten married and have similar ones. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just, you know, like you said you're a sucker for love. Yeah, I am. I'm a huge sucker yeah. for love. Yeah. But maybe uh you need a buffer. I do. I need to start buffering. Uh, yeah, like you know, t- 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 is it is it worth marriage? <laughs> no, yeah. and I, I've 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 done a lot of self reflection on the marriage topic, and I don't think I'm gonna get married again. That's something that's yeah, it's not. Yeah. I've been there already, done it twice. It's like ah, I, th- I think that's enough. Two two times is enough. Because at this point, if you were a woman, you would ha- your dress would not be white anymore. Look at spots. Now, at this point, I think I'll just show up naked. <laughs> I'll just show up naked to the Take altar. Take me as I am. Take me as I am. <laughs> Take this crazy. Take this crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's something that uh, yeah, oh, I'm not I'm not interested in marriage anymore. You know, I'm just interested in, in finding companionship and just being happy and oh, making that other person happy. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough market. It's mm. a tough market. It gets tougher every year. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know. It does. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a uh, I could I could agree with you, man. It's a very tough market, um, but I also would like to ask this, you know, to uh, you know, to round it up. According to your Wikipedia page, it shows that you were in the military. Mm-hmm. What got you to enlist? I think it, it, going back to the judge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so coming back from Mexico, uh, I had a lot of different jobs here and there, uh, oddball jobs, you know, waiter, you know, airport. Um, what do they call it? airport workers? I've mm-hmm. done f- fuck. I worked at a dealership as a car salesman. I worked at a dealership as a uh, car washer, as a porter, uh, parts. I fought all kinds of different jobs, and all those jobs were 
for one end game, which was help me pay for college. College was getting expensive. And working and going to school was just wasn't doing it for me. You know, and, and and at that time I was like, you know what, I don't know what I'm doing with myself. School's not working out. I want to go to school, but I have to work to survive because I have to pay for my clothing, my food. At the time I was living with my sister, so you know, bills, I would help her out here and there, but she wasn't really being hesitant about me paying bills with her. Um but you know, as a kid you're on minimum wage. And to me, it was like, ah, I can't do this. I can't be going to school and, and working because I'm not going to be making enough. And, you know, school is getting a little bit difficult. So I was like, I, I got to find another option. That's when the recruiter came and he's like, hey, we'll pay for your school. I'm like, fuck it. Wait, where did he find you at? Because my brother, no, uh, my brother had joined the military. My younger brother had joined the military before me. And his recruiter actually got in touch with me. He's like, hey, uh, I, I got, um, I got, I got. I got a phone call from your brother saying that uh, maybe you may be interested in joining the military, which I wasn't. I don't know where my brother got that idea from. Mm. But then uh, I talked to the recruiter. And I was like, yeah, you know what? This sounds pretty good. You can pay for my college. You're going to give me training. Fuck it. I'll go join the military. I didn't join it for, you know, after 9-11 and Hong Kong, whole American. No, I joined it because, you know, I wanted to have means some to type of. Yeah, means there's a means to that. And I wanted the education. I wanted the training. So that's why I joined the military. And that's okay. I mean, you don't. Not everyone has to be patriotic about it. No, no, no. And, and see, it, to me, the, the words of, of that judge really resonated. What he said: you, you have to find your way. You have to really find your way to be a better person. And that was my way to be a better person: the military. Yeah. And I'm glad I did it. I loved the military. Yeah. You know, that's that's something where it, it helped me grow as an individual, as a person. Because going back to, what I was telling you, I grew up very racist. I mm-hmm. grew up very close-minded. The military just blew my mind. It really opened up my world. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting the different people, the different cultures, it, it really broadened my horizons. Like, holy shit, there's a whole sea of humanity that I haven't met before. Mm-hmm. Filipinos. I didn't know what a Filipino was until I joined the military. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and fucking military is ran by Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from the mess hall. From the, the mess hall. hall. Yep, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the Filipino mafia. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even. Getting involved with more white people and black people that were my sworn enemies growing up, mm-hmm. I was like, man, these 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 folks are they have a lot in common with me, you know. And they a lot of them came from broken homes too, and you know we're not so different. So yeah. that, and, and you know in retrospect, that actually that actually made me have a lot of resentment towards my parents, mm-hmm. a lot of resentment towards my parents because I stopped talking to them. When I joined the military and, and, and I really got to know all these individuals and, and what humanity really is, I I resented it and I, I hated my parents. Because yeah, they... like, y'all, you just fucked me. You just mm-hmm. fucked me and and, my, and, and, and all the, 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 the person that I could have been if you weren't so damn close-minded and so racist and hateful. Yeah. I mean, like I told you before, there's that thing, remember that in America at least, mm-hmm. There was a time that um, the poor, the poor whites and the and the, and the blacks mm-hmm. were united, mm-hmm. but then they saw that it was not an advantage because you had a big population of people against the upper class. So somehow they created a division by paying better uh, the lower income whites opposed to the you know blacks, mm-hmm. and then you created the hate between the division. So. You know, it also happened with Hispanics and all that. What's crazy is that at a point, they had, didn't have to influence anymore. The people were doing it already. Mm. Your parents. 
created, made a division in you before you even had a time to experience these people. Yeah. All these other races, all these other cultures. Yeah, you're right. You know, so it, 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 you bring it up and I'm like, wow, seeing it actually out there and, 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 and actually, you know, because you hear about, well, you know, they, they, you know the, their own people, the, the people are doing it to themselves. Because eventually, you know, it's like it becomes routine. You know, like Pavlov's dog, like the bell rings, salivation. Yeah. So they trained you to think that way. So they trained, at least they trained the influence your parents got. It was brought on to you because they were trained that way. And so they pass it on. You know, kind of like how uh, the animals, the instincts, they pass it on. And they know already not to do this, not to do that, not to eat here. Yeah. Yeah, because even, even through a lot of therapy, I've learned that I am not the person that my parents raised me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a very loving and affectionate person. I'm very giving. I'm very giving and I give without expecting anything in return, which sometimes bites me in the ass. But I'm like, eh, I don't care. You know, I'm still going to continue to be the person I am. In retrospect, my parents didn't teach me to be that way. My stepdad and my mom always said, you take as much as you can from people. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of people. Uh, let me see how much I can take from this person without them realizing. Mm-hmm. My parents my parents taught me how to be that way when I was growing up. And I was like, this is so wrong. This is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I learned this through therapy that I'm not I'm not the person they raised me to be. I'm not a racist. I'm, I love, like I said, all humanity. To me, I, I don't I don't like putting labels on people on races because it's we're all humans. We're mm-hmm. all humans. Um and when I was growing up, I was very racist. I was master labeler. You're black, you're white, I'm mm-hmm. Hispanic, I'm better than you. Yeah. You know, even within the Hispanic community, I was racist towards of course. If, if you you were if me and you were friends before, I would see you as less. Mm-hmm. Because m- my parents would say, Oh, Central Americans are the worst. They're yeah, less. Yeah. Um that's why I've been implanting <laughs> in the water in Mexico. <laughs> you know, that's the thing that... Oh, and you had a similar experience. Remember we had talked about yeah. this. You had a similar experience with, with uh, some family members of my ex-wife. Those lovely teachers. Yeah, when they came to visit, and we, we took you to go see them. Yeah, educators of the future, children yeah. of the world. Right. I was like, holy shit, these oh. are educators, and they're already teaching how to, oh. you know, hate other people. It's like, fuck. Might as well, might as well have been Hitler Youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, now that I think about it, I said, yeah, I, I, my parents really set me up for failure. They really did. And, you know, I'm thank God that I was able to get, seek out treatment and really find out who, who I am as an individual. And it took me years. You know, I'm still growing. I'm still evolving. Um, I'm still not completely there. You know, I get my lows here and there. And, but, you know, I've, I've learned to, to really deal with those demons. Um, and, and. It almost makes me feel, I used to be angry at my parents. I used to hate them, but now it makes me feel sad for them because I think now they didn't have the opportunity to really live a full and happy life like they wanted to, you know, because of their, their, their inability to want to grow, to be a better person. And, and that's on them. You know, that's on them. They can't blame anybody else. You know, all they can do is just blame themselves because that, in the end, it's really on you. Whether you want to be good or bad, it's really on you to make something better of yourself because it really is. Not really. It really is. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what you were saying earlier about, uh, you know, like you're still on the process, like you know, like we, like 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 they say with weight loss, 
it took you six years to gain that weight. It's going to take you six years to lose it. Because mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the time put in, the time put out. Mm-hmm. Same thing that you had so many years of that influence. It takes a while to get out. It's like bolts in your head. You have to unscrew those. Take them out. So that way you can have free thinking, free will to, you know, like, you know, now you, you've broken through. Mm-hmm. Now you're just like navigating through the uh, rough edges. Yes. And, you know, yeah. To yeah. get back to the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and get to back to the core of who I really am. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I deeply search inside of myself. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not a vengeful person. I'm very loving. You know, that was just squandered when I was growing up. Being loving that. That love that I had for people and for life, they squandered that. They they really, you know, blew that fire out of me. And, mm-hmm. and now that I have it, it's like mm, I try to pass it along as much as I can. I really do. I try to bring peace and happiness to wherever wherever I go. And I try to let everybody know that I come in contact with. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for being in my life, you know, giving me whether good or bad, I'm still learning, you know, and, and, and I'm going to take all the good that you give me and I'm going to appreciate it. All mm-hmm. the bad, I'll just put it inside. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't need that. But every, every, all the other good. Yeah, I'll bring it in. I'll take it all in and appreciate you for that, you know, and, and if you're a person that I really get to know you, uh, deeply, you know, then those are the people that I appreciate and love, you know, because I can't love everyone, of course. you know, because the people it's come back to bite me in the ass. I love certain people and give them my all and they wind up taking advantage of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They were, they were raised similar like you mm-hmm. take everything until mm-hmm. they, yeah, until, until they, they suck the life out yeah. of you. Yeah. yeah. Cyrus the virus. Cyrus the virus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start using that. Hey, that person is Cyrus the virus. Cyrus Watch out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a thing that uh, we all have to navigate to. You know, some of us are starting late, some are starting early. But it's good that, like, you know, to hear that you, you know, that you're on that path, you've been on that path. Because, uh, I mean, like I said, like, I remember when I first met you and, you know, there was, you were a different person. Your attitude was different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, then I saw you many years later, and and it is a new person. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because one good example that you gave me about that, uh, about being a different person. I remember you said, "Hey, compadre, it was you." There's one thing I did get from you that I didn't have before. It was hating white people, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Really?" My dislike for yeah, yeah, or your dislike for yeah. white people. I was like, "Really?" I still date them, but <laughs> you know, hey. But then you know, it's like you you said. But then when you started to really explore i i guess that the the white the caucasian mm-hmm. persuasion mm-hmm. type of individual you saw that it wasn't that way well, yeah like because it was like it was like it's easy to blame others mm-hmm. oh i'm like this because the white people but then how different is that from the other issues we've found with other cultures but there's a point that yes you could blame that happened but also you have a choice mm-hmm. you could improve that Start with you. Stop, yes. Stop waiting for the world to change. You change. Yes, you I know, agree with that hundred percent. Because we're all each each of our own little world. You change you, you influence others to change. The same way you influence me to have that, um, thought, or or per, you persuaded me to think that way. Mm-hmm. You could also persuade others to think better. Yes. Be accepting, open minded. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and it's one thing that I, uh, like I say, well, I'm not perfect and I regret a lot of my actions, but, you know, through the journey of life, I've, I've learned to 
better myself and better those around me and and accept my flaws, you know, and, and go back and tell people, hey, I wronged you. I'm sorry. You know, I I want to make man's right. I want to make things better. And if we can, I understand, you know, have a good life. I wish you all the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish you all the best. But that doesn't mean that you can't push anybody that's, that's, that's a flawed human being away from yourself, you know, because we all have flaws. We all have flaws and, and, and we're going to meet people that are great people, but have flaws that you may think, oh, this is bad for me. But don't push those people away. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you can help them out in some way. If you can't, okay, but don't go out of your way to really change the person to make them something better because that's only going to bring you down. Don't let other, other people's flaws drag you down either. You know, but just try to be there for them as well because they might need it. They might need that, that, that helping hand. They yeah. might need the, the little push, you know, that, the positive push. Into the abyss. Into the abyss, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's like I say, everyone's flawed. We all have our, our, our demons, and we just got to be there for one another. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you tell me, you know, consider yourself more American or Mexican, no, I consider myself a human, you know, human being, just trying to do the best I can on this planet while I'm still here. Don't worry, sure enough. Are you Martian or, or, or Earthling? Earthling. Earthman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that's going to turn out once we uh, we start reproducing on Mars. Oh, you'll see. You'll see how that. That's going to turn another racial war. Yes. Bigotry. It would it be racial or would it be planetary racism? Yeah. It, now we don't have nation, nation, na, na, now you're, you're going to have like not nationalist. You're going to have planetalist. Yeah. I'm from the planet Mars. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm from Uranus, bro. What's up? <laughs> I'm from the planet Tython. Yeah. <laughs> and you snap people out of existence. <laughs> Daniel's had a point. Yeah, Daniel's had a point. Sure I'm, starting to, I'm starting to really um, mm. go the Thanos way. I want that uh, that chin he had. <laughs> that, that ball of a nutsack. Yeah. What, what do you call it? That chin of a nutsack? Yeah. Ball chin. Ball chin. Mm. I think uh, that's going to wrap up for this week's episode of the Compadres Happy Hour. If you have any issues, concerns, questions, please shoot us an email. Uh, shoot up that one email. Yeah. Shoot me an email. Uh, hit the Instagram. You hit us there, a Twitter. Um, you know, like just get a hold of us. Send us a send us a message. You know, whichever way you find us. And I think uh, with that, I think it's time for to cue the music. Follow us on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss out on any episodes. Be sure to like, share, subscribe via Twitter at Compadres HPHR, that's C-O-M-P-A-D-R-E-S, H-P-H-R, and on Instagram at Compadres Happy Hour. You can also email us via Compadres Happy Hour at gmail.com.